Good evening, and welcome to Midnight Audio Theater, the weekly show where we feature new and original audio dramas, be they adventure, mystery, sci-fi, or comedy. I'm your host, Kathy Ranella. Ahoy, dear listeners! Glad to have you back with us for another night of audio drama. Last week, we switched gears to focus on stories a little closer to home, and we are going to continue that theme this week and next with more of The Crypto Naturalist and the newest release from Heartlife NFP, Unwell, which takes place in the fictional town of Mount Absalom, Ohio. We'll talk more about Unwell next week when they'll be better featured on our show. As for our other guest story, The Crypto Naturalist is created in central Ohio by the talented Jared K. Anderson. His podcast received several awards in 2019, and it's easy to see why. The Crypto Naturalist is a charming series of so much weird and wonderful nature that sounds very much like Night Vale, but with all of the Midwest charm Ohio has to offer. I really hope you enjoy listening to The Crypto Naturalist as much as we have, and stay tuned to hear Unwell, which again, we'll talk about next week. But the time for talking is now past, so it's time to get to the storytelling. Be sure to visit CryptoNaturalist.com and UnwellPodcast.com to hear and support both series after the show. Now enjoy, and happy listening. Turtles are just rocks that have mastered the power of positive thinking. So, just imagine what you could become if you just believe hard enough. Welcome to the Crypto Naturalist. Foot is barking like an over-caffeinated chihuahua at a squirrel convention. Ugh. Maybe not the warmest welcome I've ever broadcast on my show, but truer words were never spoken, and truth is the foundation of my business. Your intrepid narrator sustained a bit of an injury this week, but as Shakespeare said as he was being carried off the stage by an army of angry badgers, the show must go on. Let me just get situated. All right. I got my injured foot elevated here on my lichen-covered studio table, and I'm keeping the swelling in check with a wriggling tube sock full of icy arctic vortex beetles. Don't worry. They like confined spaces, and I'll return them to their polar stopping ground before they even have a chance to be homesick. But enough about me. Let's get down to business. Walt Whitman once wrote of a patient, noiseless spider. Today, we focus on a loud, impatient spider. The elephant spider of the liminal desert. A rare jewel of an arachnid, and an outright insult to physics and physiology in general. Now... I see a lot of buzz on the crypto-naturalist forums about the difficulties some folks have faced in reaching the liminal desert. Well, here's some advice. Don't expect it to be easy. The liminal desert is an in-between place. You quite literally can't get there from here. And yet, if you just travel long enough, you'll find yourself there anyway. Now, you might ask, how long is long enough? 
How many lonesome miles? Well, friend, that's not for you to decide. Determining when you arrive is the desert's prerogative. I can understand your frustrations, but comfort yourself with this. The best moments and places in our lives often come to us uninvited and unexpected. Plus, few places worth visiting are accessible through a shortcut. I guess that's enough preaching. The point is, I can't give you directions, just an account of my own journey. I arrived in the liminal desert at about four in the morning, while on a disturbingly narrow road overlooking some dark sheep pasture and a sprawling olive grove just north of Florence, Italy. I was just starting to nod off, the gentle purr of Cassandra's autopilot indicating that she no longer trusted me to drive, and then BAM! Blinding white light assaulted my tired eyes, and I was stomping the brake in an arid scrubland with a scalloped line of crimson dunes marching along to my west. A few ochre rock formations stood tall ahead of me, and the dark silhouette of stunted trees in the distance stitched the hazy blue sky to the land. As you can imagine, I was wide awake in a heartbeat and utterly disoriented from departing the Italian countryside in a splintered instant. Speaking of utter disorientation, how about a little fiction? It's time for our Hidden Lore segment. Today's Hidden Lore comes to us from Jamie Lackey, a flash fiction piece called Joining the Flock. I dashed into the woods. The trees swayed overhead. Thin leaves and sturdy branches and Spanish moss moving as one. I couldn't see the birds. I couldn't hear them either. But I knew better than to hope that I'd escape them. I stumbled and fell into thick loam, the scent of rich dirt and rot filling the air. I scrambled back to my feet and kept moving, deeper into the forest, away from the open sky. There was a cave ahead, Surely they wouldn't follow me there. Danny and I had explored the cave years ago, holding hands and urging each other around each dark turn. I couldn't think about Danny. He was one of them now. A harsh caw broke the silence. I urged my exhausted body forward, my breath as rough as the bird's cry. I spotted the cave, a black smudge in the green and brown. The sound of wing beats came from everywhere. Gusts buffeted at me. I threw myself forward, scrambled along the ground on all fours. Maybe if I stayed low, maybe I could still escape. My fingers brushed damp rock, but it was too late. My body contracted and feathers sprouted from my skin. I opened my mouth to scream, but a caw emerged from my beak. We flew away together, weaving through the trees to explode up through the canopy as one. We spread out to look for the next member of our flock. You know, there's a Native American legend about crows. It says that their feathers are black and their voice is harsh because when the land was cold, a crow flew up to heaven to bring back fire for the earth. But I don't think the crows in this story are the generous, selfless sort. This piece does a good job of capturing that breathless feeling of pursuit, of fleeing dangers known and unknown. 
It also has something to say about the mob and fear of being changed without our consent. Whether we're thinking about aging or injury or a myriad of other variables, I think losing who we are is one of the most basic human fears. Change is constant, but it's not always our friend. Jamie Lackey lives in Pittsburgh with her husband and their cat. She's had over 130 short stories published in places like Beneath Ceaseless Skies, Apex Magazine, and Escape Pod. Her debut novel, Left Hand Gods, is available from Hadley Real Books. She's had two short story collections, available from Air and Nothingness Press. In addition to writing, she spends her time reading, playing tabletop RPGs, baking, and hiking. You can find her online at www.jamielackey.com. I like to go barefoot into deserts, which is totally unadvisable for a thousand reasons, but I do it anyway. We all have our vices, and one of mine is a foolhardy love of feeling hot sand beneath my feet. I swear I can feel the very pulse of the land while walking barefoot over arid earth, and the risk of venomous snakes or scorpions or sharp vegetation is just plain worth it to me. I activated Cassandra's pneumatic parasol to keep her out of the sun and headed for the rock formation, an angular jumble of sandstone about the size of a baseball field. As I approached the stone, I noticed a handful of craters that resembled small meteor impacts. The craters seemed relatively fresh, no real signs of weathering or erosion, a good sign that an elephant spider was near at hand. See, the elephant spider is a jumping spider and the family Celticidae, an active hunter rather than a web weaver. It's typically cornflower blue with tan accents. It's about the size of your thumbnail, and they aren't terribly striking at first glance. So, what's so special about today's subject? Well, I'll give you a hint. The elephant spider is also sometimes called the osmium spider, or even the neutron star spider. Give up? Both of those are references to the animal's uncanny density. The elephant spider can weigh hundreds of pounds. Some crypto-naturalists suspect that weights can fluctuate up toward a ton. That's a tiny spider that weighs as much as a car. Moreover... The evidence suggests that the spider can change its weight. A fun fact and a ridiculous abuse of the laws governing matter. A colleague of mine once got the same elephant spider to crawl across a digital scale about a dozen times. Over the course of an hour, the spider's weight more than doubled. As I approached the sandstone, there was a crack like thunder from the far side of the rocks and I ran to investigate. I found a cloud of dust in a circle of shattered rock fragments surrounding a fresh crater. An elephant spider had just made a new burrow by tossing itself high into the air and landing with incredible force concentrated behind a tiny body. At the bottom of the crater was a black circle like a bullet hole, with a tiny blue spider face peering up at me through the dust. I defy you to show me a cuter physics-breaking invertebrate. I assumed that the spider was laying an ambush for potential prey, capitalizing on the funnel shape of the crater to direct potential meals to the waiting fangs below. 
I learned that the crater was actually a prelude to mating when the second spider that I hadn't spotted crawled over my foot. The tiny bones in my foot made a noise similar to popcorn, and I howled like a horned wolf. Needless to say, I cut my observations a bit short so I could limp my way back to Cassandra. I can tell you that two elephant spiders in love sound a bit like the rattle and crack of a boulder rolling down a mountainside. Sometimes, you just have to let the situation dictate the plan. That reminds me. Before I started recording, I received a transmission over the crypto band radio. I swear, the new kind of radio wave we discovered during the Mothman treaties is truly remarkable. This transmission reached me even here in the liminal desert. Let's take a listen. This is Cat Stone, transmitting on Crypto Naturalist Frequency 11581. I'm preparing to depart the Isle of Cruve, a tropical island off the north coast of Scotland. Those of you who dabble in seismography probably already know that the island's migratory forests are on the move again, marching down the coast with synchronised root motions that vibrate the bedrock. Obviously, that's not news. But what is news is why the forest is moving outside its natural migration season. We do have a record of the forest moving to avoid a sentient lava flow in the 80s and unscrupulous lumber poachers in 2011. But the phenomenon I'm witnessing here is, as far as I know, entirely new. A dense, localised patch of ruby-throated hummingbirds seems to be targeting the trees. It resembles a thick gold-green cloud bank and it is actively working to block sunlight from the forest. It's dark as night beneath the hummingbird swarm. Every time the trees move in pursuit of clear skies, the birds follow. I can't imagine what is motivating this kind of attack. If a mercenary crow hadn't sabotaged my biplane, I would investigate further, but I'm currently grounded. Be advised, any crypto-naturalists in the area, this is a unique research opportunity and a chance to aid one of Earth's few old-growth migratory forests. Plus, I'll owe you one. Cat Stone, signing off. Huh. Well... If I wasn't currently sitting in a transitory desert, half out of phase with physical reality, I'd go take a gander myself. As it is, I highly recommend anybody listening who has the means to go take a look. Cat is a friend and a colleague, not to mention a solid source and an expert crypto-naturalist. If she says the situation merits investigation, then it does. If I were you, I'd get on that mystery like a duck on a June bug. Ooh, well, friends, it looks like my Arctic beetles have uh, chewed through their tube sock prison and encased my foot in ice. I guess I should do something about that. Though it actually feels pretty good. Until next time, we're all strange animals, so act like it. The Crypto Naturalist is written and read by Jared Anderson. To send questions, poems, or short prose pieces for the Hidden Lore segment, email cryptonaturalistpod at gmail.com. Our theme song is Banish Misfortune, played by Andrew Collins. For more information about Andrew's music, visit andrewcollinstrio.com. Stay curious, stay wild, stay weird.
Hi there, folks. This is Jeffrey Gardner. And this is Eleanor Hyde. We're the executive producers of Unwell. Unwell is produced by Heartlife NFP. Heartlife wishes to acknowledge that the land where we live, work, and tell our stories is occupied land. Unwell takes place in southern Ohio, which is the territory of the Miami people. Unwell is produced in Chicago, Illinois, which is the territory of the Peoria, the Potawatomi, and the Miami peoples. Thank you so much, and enjoy Unwell. I've got the door. Thanks, Russ. Lights out is in 20 minutes. Are you going to be all right getting home? I think I can handle the mean streets of Mount Absalom. If you're sure. Good night, Dot. Night. Good night, Dot. Well, hiya, Dot. Hi, Dot Harper. Mommy? Good morning, Dot. Dot. Dottie. Dottie. Dot. Good. Dottie. 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 Dot? Wes? Dot, are you all right? Dot! Definitely not. My ankle. Don't try to move. I'll... I'll call an ambulance. What were you doing out here? I was on my way home and... Where are we? Highway 5, out of town. Must have got turned around. Uh, Hello? Yes, um, I need an ambulance. Dot Harper fell and hurt her ankle. No, we're on Highway 5, about a mile from the town line, I think. And she went on. It is the eve of St. George's Day. Do you not know that tonight, when the clock strikes midnight, all the evil things in the world will have full sway? Do you know where you are going and what you are going to? She was in such evident distress that I tried to comfort her, but without effect. Finally, she went down on her knees and implored me not to go, at least to wait a day or two before starting. It was all very ridiculous, but I did not feel comfortable. However, there was business to be done, and could allow nothing to interfere with it. I therefore tried... Hello? Hey there, Lily Bell. Hi, Dad. Just wanted to see how you were doing. I'm fine. Though, I feel like I should have hit the turnoff by now. From what I remember, that exit is kind of tricky. Ask if she's using the hands-free device we got her. Mama C wants to know if you're using the hands-free device we got you. Yes. Because it isn't safe to use a cell phone and drive at the same time. I read that it's the same as driving drunk. Both of my hands are on the wheel. Oh, good. Any idea how long you're going to be there? Six to eight weeks, according to the doctor. Maybe longer because of her, uh... Age. Her words, not mine. Well, Cynthia and I are here, if you need us. Thanks, Dad. You okay? Hun? Sorry, a a dog ran out into the middle of the road. Are you all right? 
I'm fine. I have to let you go. I need to see if it's hurt. Okay. Give us a call back when you get there. Will do. Big guy, are you okay? Yeah, no, you're right. I should just stay in the car. Oh, look, you brought a friend, a big, angry friend. Shoot, go away. You all right, miss? Are those your dogs? I'm terribly sorry. They ran off before I could stop them. Yeah, well, maybe keep them on a leash next time. I very much doubt an old fella like me is going to stop them going wherever they want to go with or without a leash. How about you, though? Anything broken? I'm fine. Well, thank the Lord for that. You hear that, Don? Molly? You got lucky this time. Again, I am terribly sorry, miss. You have a good day. Come on, you two. Hey, sorry. Do you live here? Roundabouts. You wouldn't happen to know where the exit road to Mount Absalom is. Mount Absalom, sure. Uh, you see that tree up ahead? Yeah. Turn left. That's it? That's it. Well, I kind of feel stupid now. <laughs> The way is always clear once it's been pointed out, like the little girl in the woods. What did you say? The little girl in the woods. It's a story around these parts. A little girl gets lost in the woods. She spends days trying to find her way home, but to no avail. The woods will not give her back. So she sits down and thinks, and prays, and as she looks up to the sky to ask God for help, she notices the tree she is sitting under has a single low branch, and so does the one next to it, and the one next to that, and they all point in the same direction. And she remembers that her father is a woodcutter who goes into the woods to cut branches for firewood. And she thinks maybe he would leave one branch to lead him out of the forest again, so she follows the pointing trees all the way home. You know the story. I heard it once, when I was a kid. You from around here then? No, I'm, I'm visiting someone. Ah, <laughs> well, have a pleasant visit. Thanks. I therefore tried to raise her up and said as gravely as I could that I thanked her, but my duty was imperative and that I must go. She then rose and dried her eyes and, taking a crucifix from her neck, offered it to me. I did not know what to do. It seemed so ungracious to refuse an old lady meaning so well and in such a state of mind. She saw, I suppose, the doubt in my face before she put the rosary around her hands. When I had seen the view, I explored further. Doors, doors, doors.
here we go. Yes, my name is Lillian Harper. My mom is... Oh! Oh! You're Lily! Yes. <laughs> Dot said you were coming. Come in, come in. Sorry. Most people don't knock. They just... Come on in. Right, because it's a boarding house. Yeah. So, welcome home, I guess. Uh, do you want something to drink? Yeah, or... I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> sorry. I'm Wes. I work here. Part-time. Part-ish time. Evenings and weekends, mostly. More right now because school's out. You know. Oh, I also run the ghost tour. Ghost tour? Yeah. Um. <laughs> only the most haunted house in Mount Absalom. Ooh. Tour begins at dusk if you're interested. Free of a charge for you. Of course. Oh, shoot. I almost forgot. Here. This is for you. A casserole. <laughs> I made it myself. My mom said it was a traditional welcoming gift. And how long has it been sitting under your desk? Oh, this probably should have been in the refrigerator. <laughs> probably. I'll be right back. Hello? Can I help you? I'm looking for Lillian Harper? Yes. Chester Warren, assistant to Mayor Lopez. Oh, uh... Hi. I am your official welcoming party. On behalf of Mayor Lopez and the village assembly members, I am to offer a most sincere welcome home. And a casserole. Yay. Not, not, not just a casserole. I also have a gift certificate for One Tree Ice Cream over at D'Souza's to Ice Cream, the best scoop in town. You'll find them down on Main. If your car needs an oil change while you're here, a certificate for a free oil change and a tire rotation at Otto's Auto, also on Main. Uh, don't let the name fool you, though. Uh, there is no Otto. Mary Lou just likes puns. Uh, here's a coupon for one free movie rental from the movie night. Let me guess. On Main. It's all coming back now, isn't it? Like you never left? Now this, this is expired. I'm sorry. How did you know I was coming? Dot mentioned it. To the mayor. No, but small town, you know how it is. Sure. Oh, and the biggie. One free admission to the Celery Festival. Right, the Celery Festival. How long has it been? Since... Since you've attended the Celery Festival. Yeah, I really couldn't say. Fifteen years? Give or take. Hopefully more give than take. That'll be on uh, Labor Day weekend. Do you think you'll still be here on Labor Day weekend? Honestly, I don't know. Well, you should 
definitely try. It's always a heck of a time. I'm sure. Anyway, I should let you settle in. It was a pleasure to meet you, Lillian, and again, welcome home. Thanks. Was that the door? That was Chester Warren. Oh, and another casserole. Yeah, look, is my mom home? Hmm? Oh, sorry, uh, yes, I'll take you. No, thank you. Just tell me where she is. Uh, she's decorating room three for a new border. That's third floor, I know. Right. I'll just put your casserole away then. Right. You. I remember you, you snitch. Jesus! Yeah, I remember you too. Mom? Mom! Lily? Mom? Lily, you made it. Are you... Is everything all right? Of course. Why wouldn't it be? It's just... It sounded like... Dot? Dot? What? 45 seconds. Not a bad response time. Now, let's see you resuscitate the bag of potatoes. I thought you were hurt. And let that be a lesson to you. If I were actually hurt, there'd be a good deal more swearing. Crazy old bat. Dear, if you're going to work in this house sooner or later, you have to learn to cuss. You forgot the potatoes. I hate you. Lift with your legs. How did you even get this up here? A magician never reveals her tricks. So, Lily, what do you think? Same as always. The room? I just painted it. Oh, right. The room. Um, is a kid coming to live here? An astronomer. Plans to fix up the old observatory on Chapel Hill. Thought he'd like to look up at the stars at night. And did he ask for sheets with planets on them? That is the personal touch that only Fenwood House Boarding Services can provide. It's good to see you, Lily Bell. It's been a while. Fourteen years. Yeah, well, things have been, you know. Right. Well, let me show you your room. You can just tell me which one is empty and Let I me show you your room. Fine. Show me my room. This way. Do you need help? I've got it. I've got it. Okay. Are you still working at that alpaca farm? Not for a year and a half. I work at a call center now. A call center? For Spoodle. Doesn't sound as fun as the alpaca farm. Yeah, well, getting bit by an alpaca makes you reconsider how important boring little things like health insurance are. 
long has Wes been working here? A year or two. Is that even legal? I'm not screwing him. You know what I mean. He's like 12. He's 16, Lily Bell. And yes, he comes with all his papers and his shots. Unlike someone who I recall somehow worked four jobs in a single summer. That was different. Ooh. I was 17. Your room. You didn't. You saved my room? Of course not. I've got a business to run, and this is prime real estate. But I saved all your things, and when you called, I took them out of storage and put them back just as you left it. Embarrassing amount of stuffed animals and all. It's exactly the same. Like, exactly. I took pictures of where it all went. You are a crazy old bat. Hey, Dot. Yeah? Look out the window. The window? What in the... Give me a hand, will you? Sure. This thing does not like to move. Russ? Dot, hi. Did your daughter arrive yet? Yeah, she's here. Hey. Lillian! Russell Epstein. Hi. We are the official, unofficial town welcoming party. And as you can see, we come bearing gifts. Yes, I do see that. We'll be right down, Russell. Hope you like casserole. Welcome home! Sure. Home. This episode features Shariba Rivers as Lily, Marsha Harmon as Dot, Clint Worthington as Russell Epstein, Bethany Hart as Cynthia Harper, LaQuinn Groves as Dale, Mark Soloff as an old man on the edge of town, Michael Turrentine as Wes, Pat King as Chester, Sebastian Orr as <laughs> Ellie Maitland as <laughs> Written by Jim McDaniel. Sound design by Ryan Sheely. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Ryan Sheely. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. Thank you for listening to Unwell. Your support means the world to us. And if you could take a moment to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to the show right now, that would be really fantastic. It helps us reach new people. Or just take a minute and tell your friends about the show and what you like about it. That helps a lot too.
What's all that clanking? Who's in the pantry? God, tell me it's not rats. Rodents, if you don't scram ASAP, I'm crushing skulls. It's just me. Ow! Lily, get out of there. Careful on the stairs. Stop snooping through my stuff. Okay, this, this can, Mom, you could sell this can on eBay and make a fortune. Azodicarbonamide, that is not a legal ingredient anymore. It gives it flavor. Are you joking? If you're hungry, I'll heat you up some casserole, but don't mess with all the cans. Someone is going to get sick. This one says expires May 1998. Lillian, they're not dented and bulging. I really think they're fine. You're not supposed to eat them after Everyone they're expired. Everyone knows canned food doesn't go bad, Then Lillian. why do they print an expiration they date on there? Lily, they just don't want to get sued. By people who get sick from eating expired canned goods. Why are you messing around with the cans anyway? You're just being nosy. I'm gonna go buy some on eBay and mix them up in here just so you go, oh, mom, you're losing it. This expired in 1938. Funny. What, are you hungry or something? I mean, it's dinner time. Come on, I'll heat you up some casserole. I threw them away. You threw them away? Even the handballs one? I just thought- That one was good. They've been in the fridge for four days. So? So I threw them out. I'm helping you. You need to relearn what that word means. I'm protecting you. Really, three days is the maximum you want to keep food in there. I let you keep them you for an extra- You only keep sh- in your fridge for three days? I don't keep any shit in my fridge, Mom. That's why we You're invented crazy. septic You're crazy. Who raised you? Uh-huh. Okay. Lillian, I think what we're all trying to say is that the casseroles were a symbol of love for you from the town. And it was a shame to waste them. That's all. I can't believe you threw away free food. I had to. It's a safety thing. Since when do you have such a stick up your ass about food This is basic sanitation. They had a few more days before they were truly a health hazard. You were going to wait till you got sick? You'd wait till I was driving you to the hospital and then you'd say, then you'd say, hey, I think it's time to toss all those casseroles, huh? Sorry. The ghosts also mourn the loss of the handballs, Wes. Whom do I thank for throwing away the casseroles? Abby, meet Lily. Eternal thanks. They are becoming a non-option. Lily's the other boarder. And her daughter. Abby, cool. Nice to meet you. So you're boarding here? Yep. All right. I'm digging this Virginia Woolf vibe going on. Every gal with a room of her own. Person with a room of their own, in my case. Oh, I'm so sorry. There. Sorry. That's all right. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I said her when I didn't know what yes. you're correct. Help me I should have asked. <laughs> I'm sorry. Too many apologies make it weird. Sorry. Mom, put those cans back in the trash where I'm dumping them down the toilet. Fine. She was always so dramatic. Okay, who wants food? I'll get some takeout. From where? From a restaurant, Wes. But Sunrise is closed. Yeah, well good, I'm not eating blueberry scones for dinner. But there's nowhere else. There's something open. This is a small town. Simple people, simple pleasures. There's no late night steakhouses or 24 hour diners. Except for the 24 hour diner on Ash. Yes, that would be magically convenient, but it's not that kind of town. There is a 24-hour diner. It's on Ash and Third, called Hunters. Sounds meat forward, so not for me, but for those who eat the flesh of the innocent, sure. There's no diner. Yes, 
there is. There's no diner. There's I none. just drove no past diner. it yesterday, and I've been driving fact, past it for no the diner. last month. It's not that kind of town. I don't know what that means. Wes, honey, it's okay. It's nice. A new place opened up. A 24-hour diner. I would have loved that in high school. Where is it? Ash and Third? Yep. That's impossible. Ash and Third. Got it. All right. I think I'm just going to walk. You can't walk. It's two miles. Back in a bit. What am I doing here? Oh, man. Oh, man, oh, man. Hey. Hey, how's it going? Good. What's going on? Mom's driving me up a tree and you can't walk anywhere here. You used to like going to that ice cream place in town. Yeah, the house is not in town. Remember the place you dropped me off at every summer? Remember how creepy and old and middle of nowhere and literally right next door to a cemetery it was? <laughs> I do. Yeah, she's still living there. And the ice cream place closes at like noon. So... You are doing a good thing being there for her. How'd she manage to guilt trip me this hard? She wasn't even around. You spent summers with her. She called. She sent letters. She did what she could. I just don't see why I have to feel sorry for her. She never... What? What's going on, Lily? There's all of a sudden all these nets. I think one's in my mouth. Okay. Hang in there, darling. Better out than in. At least it's not a pair of rabid dogs. Ugh, this place is wild. Well, you're a wild kid, so you'll fit right in. <laughs> Thanks. Lily Bell, look, she's a good person, you're a good person. There's no crime in the two of you helping each other out. I don't need her help. Maybe you need someone to talk to. You've both been through some hard stuff. What? And it might be good to hash it off. Dad? Hello? Dad? Ugh, where is this place? Hey. Abby. Right. I remember from 20 minutes ago. You want a ride? Thanks, but I just need to be alone for a bit. It's going to get dark pretty soon. Have you ever been out at night in a dark sky town? I've been outside at night before, yes. But you can't see anything in a dark sky town. Nothing but the stars and shadows. No houses. No street lights. And the thoughts in your head suddenly sound really loud. Huh. Not to mention all the bird and insect and animal noises. Got it. And there's this strange sensation when you walk around. The darkness presses in all around you. Is it a hug or gentle suffocation? Okay, you've convinced me. No, I like it. I just know it freaks some people out, and I thought you should be aware. Cool, thanks. Yeah, I'll take a ride. Faster.
so tasty. I can't stand this jingle. It plays all the time. Just listen to a podcast or something. Eh, it's legitimate data. Celeric Bottling Works, Mount Absalom, Are you researching the town? I am. I received a grant to examine the architectural landscape of small towns in varying levels of decay. Why? Because my expenses must be paid for? No, no. Why is this important to you? Do you think that anything can be done for this place? For rural small town decay? Of course. There should be, and this is my eventual goal, doctors for small towns themselves who diagnose the problems, draw up a treatment plan, and cure. The doctorate I'm pursuing is in history with a focus on urban planning, and with that background, hopefully... Doctorate? Jesus. You can't throw enough knowledge at this problem. We can fix rural blight. The answers are in contemporary data and the primary documents of the past. It just requires study. The best paths for the future lie in our past. Huh. If you get a doctorate in anything, do people still have to call you doctor? Yes. That's cool. What's your area? What do I do for work, you mean? I'm a customer service rep for Spoodle. I work remotely. I'm sure you've heard me. Thank you for calling Spoodle Support. This is Lillian. Can I have the email address associated with your account? It's rude to eavesdrop, unless it's for science. There really isn't even, like, a pizza by the slice place here. Maybe in Julian? A Chinese place. No one thought to open one in the million years since I've been here. Julian might have one. Oh my god, that's like an hour away. I can't. I'm not driving you there, certainly. All right, where's that diner? I don't know why Wes didn't believe me about this place. It'd be such a strange thing to lie about. When did it open? 40, 45 years ago? No, no, this definitely wasn't here when I was a kid. Hmm. Well, themed diners aren't uncommon, though I'm not sure who's nostalgic for 1970s wood paneling and orange carpet. But it even, like, smells old, don't you think? You're probably just smelling all the taxidermy. Welcome to Hunter's. Two for dinner? No, sorry. (laughs) Can we see a menu? We just want to get a few things to go. Dining in is optimal. Yeah, I bet. Uh, But we can't. Hungry people at home. Shame. Okay, I actually don't need a menu. Let's just get, I don't know, three cheeseburgers and fries and a grilled cheese. And onion rings. I'm afraid we don't have grilled cheese. Then a cheeseburger without the burger. (laughs) Very good. 1672 is your total. Okay. Do you take cards? Cash only, I'm afraid. 328 is your change. Thanks. Let me give you something for this. That's okay. It was not expensive. Hello, 10 minutes. Sounds great. So, I called about the tuck pointing. They gave me a quote. It sounds fair. Sure, do it. Can you throw clean sheets on Lily's bed? Uh, I have down that we're changing the linens on Saturday. Do you feel like we should move it up? No, it's all right. That used to make her feel better, but Saturday's fine. 
I should make her a cake. Um, most everything's in the trash. I should have baked one when she got here. This should feel like home. I'll put out some tea. Seriously, who thought wall-to-wall orange carpeting was the way to go? Sets the mood. Yeah, of a dusty, moldy... Hey, where's the... I have your order here, madam. Excuse me. Hi, can I speak to the manager? I'm the proprietor. I noticed there's no sign about the results of your last health inspection. Do you have a sanitation certificate I could see? Ah, I guess you're from the big city, full of mistrust toward one's fellow man. I say there's no need for a health inspection. Okay, why? Because I am a gentleman. All right, let's just take our food and leave. Bye. Shame. They should have dined in. Would have been optimal. What are the odds we're going to die if we eat this food? It's probably fine. It doesn't even feel that warm. It should be at least 145 degrees. One of the myriad advantages of vegetarianism, I anticipate minimal E. coli lurking in my grilled cheese, so please hand it over before I collapse from hunger. Seriously, so hungry. Just dig it out and I'll eat it right now. They just gave us four burgers. Vigilante meat-eating f***s. Why the interest in sanitation? Does that come up a lot during Spoodle customer service? I worked as the assistant manager of a Starbucks a couple years ago and had to get my food sanitation certificate. It seems silly to worry about it, but people can get really sick, and it's so easy to prevent. So I can't just have one onion ring? No, I'm sorry. It's just, it's so dumb, I know, but I just would hate for anyone to get sick. My hunger is such that my stomach is on fire. I'm sorry. Eat and be merry, woodland creatures. But they won't. They'll probably all come down with trichinosis. Okay, so dinner, what's the plan? There's a 7-Eleven right outside of town. I can make a mean frozen pizza. Lily, are you back yet? We're here. We got some pizza. Give us 20 minutes to make it. 10 to 12 minutes. Every pizza is different. Where's the food? We're making a pizza. The diner was closed. So weird it might as well have been closed. We'll have something on the table soon. Drink some tea. Okay. I don't know what she's... What am I preheating it to? 425. Okay. Oh... This oven is old. You know there are municipal water pipes in Philadelphia that are over 200 years old. Really? No. Yeah. Google it. They're made of wood. Wild. Hey, random, but what's your read on Wes? He's fine. Tidy. Polite. I feel like he's a Boy Scout. I don't know. He acts like he runs things. He kind of does. He doesn't. He's just the assistant curator of the house, or whatever mom calls him. 
He's a tour guide who knows where the brooms are. Can I just throw the pizza in now? I guess. It won't be as crispy, but it'll get done marginally faster. That's the goal. I think Wes is good for Dottie. He helps her find her crutches. It's unironically heartwarming. That's the thing. He treats her like an old lady. It's insane. She's only 62. What's that smell? What smell? Something's weird. Turn it off. No, why? It's still... Turn it off. It's still preheating. That's just... No, something's burning. It's just some cheese or something Turn that's it off. dripped. Why? There's smoke. There's no... Oh, sh... What the hell is that smell? What dial is it? It's just some cheese. It's just preheating. Are you burning down my goddamn How house? How do you turn it off? Where's cancel? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Wes! There's no cancel. There's just a dial. I'll do it. Leave it closed. It'll burn itself out. Now let's open the back door. Abby, you want to fan it a little? Brooms are right here, so let's just give it a poke. And that's that. Put a fire extinguisher on the wall next to the stove. I'll do it tomorrow. All I did was turn it on. You're saying the oven just caught on fire? It's really old. You should get it replaced. I've used it every day for 24 years, and it's never started spewing out smoke two seconds after I started this using it. This is not my fault. Well, I don't know who else you can blame it on. The pizza was in there for five seconds. It was something else. Don't let the smoke out. Pizza's still frozen, okay? So that wasn't what was on fire. That was probably still good. There's something metal in... Oh, wow. What? Oh. Who put a cake in the oven and forgot to turn it on? Oh, sh. You did this. I was making it for you. And then it, what, just slipped your mind? Forget I was coming? No. I have other things I'm doing, Lillian, other than sitting around waiting for you yeah, to grace me with your presence. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Presence. All right. So a pan of raw cake batter just burst into flames? That what happened? No. It spilled. You must have knocked the pan over when you put the pizza in. Thanks, Wes. There's cake batter all over the oven. Ripely aged cake batter. Oh, this is going to be tricky to clean. It might have dripped into the gas line. Lily! Try to blame this on me. Who doesn't check to see if there's anything in the oven? Who leaves stuff in the oven? I'll deep clean it tomorrow. It's fine. Wes, shut up. Don't talk to him like that. This was your f*** up. Don't talk to me like that. I don't have to be here. There's no court order anymore saying I have to see you. I know. Remember, I can leave whenever I want. I know. I want to stay, I need but... to be nicer or you'll leave. <sighs> No. No, see, that's not what I mean at all. I want to help you and just... It's hard sometimes, okay? Okay. I'm going upstairs. You want some cereal, Mom? I'm going to make myself some cereal. Daddy? Daddy, can I bring you something to eat? Isn't your arm getting tired? Nope. You look like the celery soda, light and crispy, and oh, so tasty. Treat me like the celery soda, drink me up and say hooray. So Lyric Bottling Works, Mount Absalom, Ohio. Sorry, stuck in my head. Smells going away. Yep. How's mom? She said she's going to bed. Why? She's been going to sleep pretty early recently. Did she have any dinner? She said she wasn't hungry. You gotta make her eat something. I can make her eat? I don't know. Okay. Night, Wes. Night.
Seriously, I can fan the kitchen for a while. I'm really sensitive to smells. I'll just do it till it's gone. All right. What the hell is that? Evening. What's with the banjo? <laughs> it's a banderine. Sure. I keep it here, in case we're a little light on tours. Nice. Lots of time to practice. The ghosts of Finwood House don't get the attention they deserve. Shouldn't you, like, go home? Dottie's had trouble sleeping. I want to be here in case she needs me. Needs you to what? Tuck her back in? Lillian, she's a good woman. She deserves kindness. Okay, here's a question. Why does everyone keep saying that? She's not. She left me. She had a job to do. Okay, well, I think she's done with her job, and now she's just an asshole. She's nervous because she wants to impress you. That's not... That's not what's going on. It's getting late. You need to just go home. I appreciate your concern. I'll leave in a bit. You want me to call your parents so they don't worry? No. Do you even have I already parents? called them. I have a phone. Okay. Night. Night. This episode features Shariba Rivers as Lily, Marsha Harmon as Dot, LaQuinn Groves as Dale, Michael Turrentine as Wes, Kathleen Hoyle as Abby, Ellie Maitland as Sebastian Orr as Written by Jessica Wright Buha. Sound design by Eli McElveen. Directed by Jeffrey Nils Gardner. Music composed by Stephen Poon. Recording engineer, Mel Ruder. Unwell lead sound designer, Ryan Sheely. Executive producers, Eleanor Hyde and Jeffrey Nils Gardner. By Heartlife NFP. Unwell is supported by our listeners at Patreon. You can support us by visiting patreon.com slash heartlifenfp. And a special thanks to our supporting producers, Caitlin White, Bill Gardner, Steve Diamond, James Battle, and Anton S. This is WCBE 90.5 FM Columbus and 106.3 FM Newark. We're also online at WCBE.org. 
CBE is a broadcast service of Columbus City Schools. And up next is the BBC World Service.